You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob, and I'm Tom. Uh, what do I say next? We're going to talk about hardcore. Yeah, we're going to talk about hardcore. Everybody, listen. Uh, Is this your gimmick now? I don't know. I don't. I, I haven't listened to an old episode in a minute, and I I you edit these things. The last four shows, I have forgotten lyrics, but not completely. The other day, I said, "There's a line in our song that says." Uh, uh, mm, a new guy puts his thumb in the petri dish. Yes, yeah. yes, pretty famous, popular song. song. And and I my brain blanked, and I said pizza dish. And I because I, I didn't happen. That that works too, though. It does kind of work too. But I, if I you're honestly, a, you're a server, and you put the yeah. your finger in a pizza dish. I feel like I don't know where I am anymore. First like, day delivering for Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the that's the uh, at two fifty an hour. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Uh, let's talk sponsors real quick, and then I've got not a bone to pick, but I, uh, uh, there's something I want to say. Bones bone to, to pick. pick. All right. Yeah. Let us. Would you say that was an axe to grind? I might Ooh. have an axe to grind with ourselves. Oh, amazing. We're going to grind some axes, pick some bones. But first, we are going to appreciate Run for Cover Records. I do. I do. To Live a Lie. Yes, also. Closed Casket Activities. Without a doubt. And Death with Shank. It is certain. Today, we are focusing in on Run for Cover and six, and To Live a Lie, but I just gave away my spiel. Yes, you did. Let's start with To Live a Lie. You know what we're doing? We're talking about 6 to 5 Thrash. I knew you were. There no, we go. Listen, I psychically in tune before you even gave it away with your verbal tick mm. that you wanted to talk a little thrashcore. We're talking a little thrashcore. Uh, it's going to be germane to some conversation we have today, but... For those who don't know, 625 has a relationship with To Live a Lie. You go to toliveali.com, click on that web store. You'll see right at the top on their categories, they have a 625 thrash section. For the truly uninformed, but not ignorant, because this is a label that really mattered uh, 20-ish years ago. Uh, for a while and, and lasted, you know, and, and for a while there. So I don't want to say it was like, oh, it was only relevant to 2002. It was relevant after that. But this was a label who did a good job in the 90s of getting the fastest of the fast, continued that through the early 2000s. Look, I could make some specific recommendations from the their back catalog. Um, I'm going to tell you to go through and sample a little bit of everything. I think they have a lot of interesting stuff. That just, quite honestly, and by the way, they also some, have some new stuff. Uh, get the Level demo, which is a band from Chico, California. I really like this demo. Um, this is part of the 625 stuff. But they've just got a lot of interesting stuff that, um, that yeah, it, it, it kind of showcases the fastest side of hardcore for a long time going. It's, um, it's, it's also, Bob, there's another reason to check it out. 
<clears throat> you may or may not enjoy it, uh, but it, as Bob said, it it was formative to a lot of people, and you have to understand how cool it is to make an impact on the culture in such a way that Six Two Five did. Now, yeah. contextualize it, a large piece of hardcore and punk lore just by going through some of the stuff that Six Two Five put out. Easy. Uh, so, uh, keeping it brief, keeping it short. Much love and appreciation to To Live Live for putting this front and center. ToLiveLive.com. Go check it out. 625 Thrashcore. Mm. Tom, I think you're going to take us on a little trip over to our pals at Run For Cover, runforcoverrecords.com. Let's do it quick. Sure. We're going to go back into the archives. Back, um, back, for, back. For a band that all three of us uh, celebrate, uh, Tiger's Jaw. Um, we've talked about the self-titled a bunch on this uh this here podcast, but I'd like to uh, bring up the record after that called Charmer, mm. which is really a one. fantastic record. Um, yep. So they have they have um, newer versions of that up on the website. They have Clear with Pink Swirl and Tangerine, which is a lovely color. If I was color, perfect. if I wasn't colorblind, we got to do one of those colorblind tests live on the air, just for like with the numbers in them. Yeah, so we can see what you can see, what you can't see, and go through it, and then maybe prove that both me and Patrick uh, also are somewhat colorblind. So you might, you might be, might be. Um, yeah, people should one hundred percent check this record out. This is my go-to recommendation for people looking to dive into Tiger's Jaw. Actually, I think this is my favorite full-length of theirs. Um, there's something about it. I think it's kind of just a fun one. I think it's it moves in a really cool way. Um, and to piggyback off that, um, we have tickets to give away for. Ooh. Ooh, all right, um, for Friday, November fourth. So you have to be in the New York, the greater New York metropolitan area for this. I mean, you don't have to be if you want to fly out for it. Hell yeah, we'll go. get you them tickets. Yeah. Uh, so fr- Friday, November fourth, at uh, the Warsaw in Greenpoint, lovely, lovely Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Mm. Uh, we have friends of the pod, Glitterer. Yep. Heart attack man. Pat's Tom. Boys mm-hmm. and Tiger's Jaw playing at the Bowery. I, I'm sorry, at the Warsaw in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. We have two tickets to give away. So once you hear this, mm. how can we do this? Maybe we'll post like we'll post we'll post the flyer. Yes, and whoever responds to it can yes. have the tickets. How's that? That sounds that good. Cool? Yep, first person to respond uh, to us posting the Tiger's Jaw flyer, which will be on Tuesday. The day this comes, we're telling you, be in the New York metro region area so you can actually go to the show. You got the tickets. So uh, let's do this. Shout out to uh, Tom. It is Friday, November 4th. Is that correct? Friday, November 4th, Warsaw in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. You can go get some pizza and then Mm. go to a nice. That's a great show. It's a great show. Uh, Shout out to Tiger's Jaw. Been a fan since almost day one. Love that first EP. Uh, wish I could abbreviate them to like T Jizzy, but that feels inappropriate and rude. So shout out to Run for Cover Records and shout out to the formal Tiger's Jaw. Runforcoverrecords.com. Boom. Guys, how we doing? How we feeling? Tom, kick us off. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, I'm good. I can't complain. So you do not have any bones to pick. I mean, I always have bones to pick, but um then I pick them and then I go, ah, I feel bad. <laughs> well, I think Patrick, you have you have a you got your little axe out with the like grinder. Yeah, I got my go for it. I got my Pokemon ball weed grinder. Mm. Uh, so I have no patience 
for fucking anything right mm. now. <clears throat> I'm in a weird mental state where if you are delaying me by even seconds, I it's feel being ag- old, Pat. I feel agitated. Yeah, I'm closer to death, and it's it's starting to sink in. Mm. So one of the records that we listened to uh, is a band who is a great band, but sometimes they delay your enjoyment in a way that I'm just makes me hostile. I wonder uh, if this is the same band. Uh, I don't. I have. A, I had a similar take on my. So I'm excited to hear about this. But here's my thing: a lot of the podcasts that I've been listening to, for a purpose, like I co- go to those podcasts because they're knowledgeable on X, Y, or Z, have been too in the weeds on their fucking lives. I don't give a goddamn about. So this podcast, as much as I want to tell you about the 1,700 calorie. Uh, I would say six inch by six, six inch diameter, whatever um, mm-hmm. uh, cinnamon roll that I purchased today. <clears throat> and because oh, today so is good. my day off, I'm going to eat it in a hotel room after I microwave it. And I'm it's uh, it, the sugar count is that for three days worth of life on earth. If oh, you're yeah. self abusing, I'm going to wake up at 5 AM with really severe diarrhea. Yep. And I, as much as I want to talk about that, I'm laying off the personal shit because we're going to talk about some fucking hardcore today. Hell yeah. Ooh, so, that wasn't so, that bad. No, was the bone <laughs> to pick with the record or – oh, the, the podcast you lean to in the heavy and the personal. You're right. We do a good job of not, but we also know. We, we throw the shit out there. Yo, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everybody who's been waiting for an 80s mosh madness. You got to give the people what they want. Here it is. Yeah. Guys, Before, hang on one second. Uh, yeah. Vamp for me. Vamp sure. for me while I, oh, I have something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, you- give me one second. I'll be right back. Or just vamp. Yeah, you can talk. You I'll catch what? up. I got it. Tom, let's yes. talk about let's talk about this. Let's give a shout out to a couple bands. I sent uh, in the group chat material that I wasn't familiar with, but is old now. Right. So that's yes. the that's the abstain 2021 demo, which I had no contact with. I'm very picky about my 90s core, early 2000s core stuff. I see that, yeah. Very picky. There's a lot of great bands that we talk about on the podcast that I just can't settle into because to me it feels like this type of simulacra that I don't understand. I acknowledge they're good bands. It's just difficult for me to connect. Uh, This Upstain demo I thought was, to its credit, the closest I've heard anybody get to that type of... um, uh, metal, metal, hardcore '90s, passing into the 2000s. So by that time, you had like Archangel. People really enjoyed. You also had the stuff out of the Carolinas that was starting yeah. to percolate. And it's tribunal. Got, yeah, it's got all the tribunal record record scene. Although this, I would argue, is better than 99 percent of it. The the it, it, this is that done almost perfectly. So for those of you that are into this sound. I have to give this recommendation even from my hater vantage of being like, why are we still doing the sound? You know what I mean? So when it's done well, it's just so good. And this is very well done. I was very impressed. And then the other one I put in the, uh, put in the chat was you were familiar with it. I was not familiar with it. Uh, is it Adrian? Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Uh, Boston, Adrian. What, which, what is it? Adrian. It could be either. Oh, Adrian's a band from Boston. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, I was not familiar. Uh, you were familiar. Yes. Uh, this, Very good. This also, this, so this isn't 90s core. This is 
2001 core. And then I was like, I was like, oh, this is also very well done in this particular style. Uh, 2001 it, was a good year. Listen, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at it. No, no, no. But I'm saying like, that's like, there's certain like, like, got like milestone years. Mm-hmm. I think 2001 was one of them. Uh, look, mm-hmm. I thought that this, di- so at this exact moment, a lot of metal influenced hardcore is kind of at a uh, uh, fork in the road, right? Wh- wh- where do you want to go? Do you want to mine the past a little bit more or do you want to uh, kind of take in the, the two- 2020s uh, inspirations that s- some other bands are taking on? And it's really, it's really an interesting space to go, right? Like <clears throat> I've said on this podcast, Jesus Peace is a remarkable band because they don't it's literally just a really good heavy band. It's not like trying to bring in a ton of new influences. It's just perfecting that sound, which is something that not every band can commit to. You know what I mean? A lot of bands have to bring in different stuff. Maybe that's where their heart's at. I'm not judging it. It's cool. But like, it's just interesting when you can say, this is what this record is without compromise. And we're not going to bring in anything other than the inspirations that we walked into it with. Do, do I think sometimes that's ass? Yes. When the product is ass. Yeah. I mean? and it's a fine line. It is. Yeah. Because you could be like two on the nose that it's awesome or two on the nose that it's like, that's, that's right. That's, oh, you man. know what? That's the best way to put it is that there's an ineffable quality that I thought both of these records had. So, uh, while we were vamping, shout out to those records. Let me piggyback off that. Sure. Mm. Speaking of Adrian. So this Saturday, November 5th, if you're also in the greater metropolitan area, mm-hmm. at the State House in New Haven, lovely New Haven, Connecticut, mm. Adrian is playing with the world almighty watching, our boy Jay Reason in the distance, mm. Ill, Ill Communication, and our boy Isaac in Crown of Thorns. You know- so that's November 5th. 2022 crown of thorns ill communication the distance almighty watching the world and adrian at the state house in new haven connecticut tom, shout out to jay reason tom I, I had when i started on my adrian bullshit i had no idea i didn't Boom. know i didn't know you had a place to go with that that's interesting look at that that's that's being a pro that's that's being that's preparing uh, hell the, yeah the world is a good band name the world is a good band name it's a good band almighty watching great band name great band great name. band name good band good band for sure yo Great shows. Uh, love love you guys vamping with a little current hardcore. Um, yeah, we got big response on our Hardcore Rocks episode, whatever we call that. And it was uh, it was nice. Uh, we're going to do more talking about it because, yo, hardcore isn't a good place. And there's a lot of weird nuance to that comment, but it is. And, is is um, that the one I wasn't on? Yes. <laughs> yo, and I'm sad. Maybe that's why we got such a good yeah, one. No shit. Yo, people, people are just vibing on like uh, on the positive wave, I guess. So uh, shout out Posse to you. Tom. Yeah, making it happen. Shout out to you for not being there. Let's uh, let's keep that same energy. Um, but yo, let's that vibe, bring Pat back. And let's I'm, go. I'm like those uh, those CNN anchors who whose uh, ratings go up when they go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Uh, we have had people who have hit me with the, yo, when's the next day's March Madness? That made me really happy. As I've said, we're slow rolling it because we know there's people who uh, need a little time and a little coaxing to to give these records time and attention, which is due. Uh, you talking uh, about Pat? No, he, I, I give him credit. I think he's been doing his homework. I think he's been doing Listen, the work. And I, I know th- he likes a lot of this kind this of material. One, yeah. We had actually, this was a... 
weeks uh, ago. This was a bracket that we were supposed to do and we skipped over by accident a little behind yep. the scenes. Yep. So I have been familiar with these records for two months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, been familiar with these records for like 20 something years. <laughs> you know what? There's one of them that I cannot say I was terribly familiar with for 20 something years. Well, I'm excited to do it because this is an yeah. interesting batch. I think I can't say this is the strongest batch for I me personally. That we've done, but it's, so far. It, it's really a really good batch. I think, this is I, tough. Think it's, I think it's a good one. Um, no, so, yeah. So uh, to give the matchups, we are doing Jerry's kids. Is this my world against big boys? Lullabies help the brain grow. And Murphy's law back with a bong up against corrosion of conformity animosity. Woo. It's tough. So we're going to make some people unhappy. There are no question. I might even say as much as 50% of our audience who have not heard either of any of these records period. Sure. Not mad. Hope you give them a chance. If you leave this not liking one of the four, I'll actually be surprised because I feel like there's something here for just about every listener, though uh, for someone who's coming at it from a very, very modern perspective, you might be able to see the patina on these records. Yeah, I I, I actually think that there's one of these records that will not connect with the majority of our listeners. There's, I can't wait for it. I think a lot of them are going to lie, <laughs> but I think that there's going to be there's one record that I, oh, I that's think tough. is tough. I think when there's you first said that I was like, oh, it's going to be that one. But then yeah. you were like, they're going to lie. I'm like, oh. uh, that's the other one. Um, I think there is a record here. Okay, let's let's do this. I think there's one of these four records is influential across many genres and people might not always see it. But when you listen, you hear it almost in your face. That could w- be two of them, too. Interesting. Maybe. I think it's just one, though. One of these records has such a singular version of of punk as music that I think it would be hard to like group them with almost anything. Uh, that one's clear. Yeah. One is of a sound that is maybe as popular as it's ever been in the hardcore world, but I'm still not sure it connects with everyone. Mm-hmm. And the other is a sound that is both totally of a genre and world but that gets skipped over by many listeners uh, post the peak heyday. That could be two for me. That could be two. Mm, okay. Well, or three. I think it's. Ooh. Oh. Okay. I could at least see it for two. Yeah, I could see it for three. Yep. Well, we've got some talking to do. Where do we start, guys? You want to do Jerry's Kids, Big Boys? You want to do Murphy's Law, COC? I, I see. Uh, to me, I feel like we open with Jerry's kid, the Jerry's Kids bracket, because I feel like. The COC Murphy's Law is like the the main event. Okay. Yeah, I'm with that. I, I think – and for people who are listening, for me getting into hardcore, like the time I did, time we did collectively, you know, even Tom, you're several years before me for sure. I get it. I'm old. No, but, but there would have been no argument. COC, beast. Murphy's Law, beast. Jerry's Kids, cool band. Big Boy's cool and very important band but because the way time moves there is more of a conversation to be had so let's start with jerry's kids is this my world and the big boys lullabies help the brain grow we're going to start with the jerry's kids record 
uh, released in 1983 Jesus. on Exclaim Records. <sighs> Guys, this is an awesome, awesome early 80s hardcore record. Um, yes. Fast driving, pounding hardcore uh, of the Boston variety that I you know, so so when we say that, we mean SSD, we mean DYS, et cetera. But like Jerry's Kids maybe should be the third name of that table. Can um, I mention why this is a blind spot? Please. At least to me. And and this is more like in your like early records that probably got into hardcore. Like probably for me and Pat, it's not. Mm. Pat, am it's I? Not, uh, it's not. It's not for me. It, but I got into it later. But yeah. But I, to me, I always thought of like – SSD DYS slapshot in like one lane. Yep. And I always wrote off the uh, Jer- I wrote off Jerry's kids with like gangrene and stuff. Y- yes. Yeah. That I was like, oh, it's no, like I stupid, like drunk punk, and I just yep. never gave shit. Okay, so Tom, I this record alienated me early on because I think it is a much rougher listen than the stuff that I was drawn to in hardcore. So. If I was listening to if my if the records if the early '80s records that I loved were the Minor Threat discography, uh, let's say uh, uh, Rock for Light, let's say uh, uh, f- fucking uh, Seven Seconds, uh, yeah. it, it, it's this is unpleasant by comparison. Is that fair? I mean, those records have like major label sounding recordings, and not just that; they have a ton of melody. A ton of melody. This record, you have to, you have to like strain to find any melodies, uh, and they're done in a very guitar way. Um, that's that's you have to pull it. The drum sound on this, especially when they keep it fast, they they break it down and slow it down here and there, but it's kind of unrelenting as opposed to any of the other records. This is this is roots frenetic core it's not quite power violence or grind or anything like that but the level at which when they're going fast it's it's pushing the pace and and that's very different than any of the other you know citations we made 100 percent right so let's so let's take it uh uh you know uh, ssd and uh let's i'm thinking the early stuff let's also uh throw negative approach so i i love negative approach but negative approach is mid-tempo compared to this you yep. know I mean? And that also made more sense to my brain. I've talked about how I'm rarely a fast guy. To me, this is proto fast core. It is. Yep. It is really fucking unrelenting. And I have disliked this record my whole life. It is only on this listen that I gained an appreciation for it. So you're not wrong. And I'm going to make a couple of comments here. This record is the common ancestor for that modern, frantic, frenetic, hardcore stuff, youth attack, etc. Thrash and thrashcore, not like metal thrash, not like thrash right. metal, but like thrashcore and youth crew. Interesting. And, and I'll get to it. They, when, when Negative Approach turns and stomps... Jerry's kids keeps it with a little bit of a rock and edge, but stays pretty fast. Like they'll pull back their speed, but only to do a little bit of guitar fun. You know, they're not, they almost never stomp on this record. 
Like there's very little stuff that I'd say would be moshing other than in the side to side as fast as you can. Maybe somebody circle pitting to this, but this is just kind of all go, no stop. Um, when, when I say youth crew, somebody might not hear that. Yo, just as much youth of today has like antidote in their DNA. I think there's a lot of Jerry's kids. They will cite SSD. They will cite DYS. They, 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 Ray will tell you he takes, he posted this on Instagram. I was like, wow. He was like, SSD or minor threat. I'll take SSD. Wow. Um, Just stop, me wrong. Ray, you piece of shit. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Him and him and Ian must have had a hard conversation. Yeah, at some exactly. Point. That's what straight. What he Ray did was straight edge and was like, eh. who knows? Yeah. Um, but there's no way you go minus th- like SSD over Mike. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Unless- the best, best SSD song is maybe the 10th best minor threat song. Correct. But maybe if you saw him, Sorry, both, I don't know. Fuck it. You he didn't I mean? see. He didn't. He he likely saw SSD. I did not. I'd be shocked if Ray saw Minor Threat. I don't mm-hmm. think he did. Um, the song "Break the Mold," which is the fourth track on this record, is just straight up the Youth of Today song "Youth Crew." Uh, in not it's not straight up. I shouldn't say it. it's not straight up. But if you listen to that song and think about the song "Youth of Today," "Youth Crew" by Youth of Today, you can sing parts to it. You can be like. Dun, 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 like the chord progression. Yeah. So so Ray might be saying SSD, but I think if you caught Porcel in a moment, he'd be like, oh yeah, the Jerry's Kids record kind of rips. Um, I think this record is awesome, and if you have any interest in any of those genres, you should give it a chance. It's a little bit front-loaded. I think the first five or so songs, six maybe, are just like barn burners, and then it closes really strong. The The title track is This My World is awesome. Is this where Tear It Up got their name? Yep, no question. I mean, they 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 like this sound. Um, if you like stuff like Tear It Up or Dead Nation, one of the things I, I always praise Dead Nation especially for was that um, the Dead Nation LP, it, it just pulling back, Dead Nation LP Dead End is one of the less talked about, just absolutely killer records of the late 90s. I guess it came out late 90s. Maybe it came out... To early 2000 it's awesome it is black flag inspired but really is faster than that it's like it's like saying hey let's take black flag and boston hardcore and some of the midwest stuff but not play cosplay with it what i hear from jerry's kids is the compliment i pay to that record which is there almost feels like a tension between the drummer and the guitar players in terms of not like they're trying to fight each other but in terms of the drummer's like, no, I'm going to play this song this fast. And the guitar player's like, oh, I, I got to keep up. This isn't how fast I wrote this song. I have to play it faster than I would. And you yeah. can almost hear it on a record like this. And I think that gives this tension to the music that you can hear whether anything else is urgent, that creates an urgency in the sound. I can sign off on that. I <clears throat> Listen. Everything that you like in this record is what I disliked for years. Sure. It, it, I get it, it. And because I think that this is in some way a perfect, perfect exemplar of a style of music that I, that became that in pockets flourishes every once in a while. And I just yeah. never fall into. And, but I'm going to say, well, some bands may have done it better since, 
Mm. The formula is here. There's some fucking fun anthems hidden within these fast songs. Yes. Uh, And if you are a fan at all, well, firstly, if you're a fan at all of, of early 80s hardcore, then you probably are also already familiar with this record. If you're one of our listeners who is just fascinated by this and, and hasn't fallen into this yet, this is, as we've talked about maybe with, um, fuck, I forget which band we t- we're talking about. This is what your parents may think a hardcore record is. <laughs> and, and, and there is something really beautiful about that. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, if your dad was a punk, he could have thought this was this was what hardcore is because it's it's really right there. This is a good comp. I would say that Jerry's kids, if for some reason they've you, you like a lot of early '80s stuff, uh, but you're maybe not so familiar with the Boston sound, and we're only using SSD or DYS at its fast moments. There's elements that would remind you of negative. Uh, there's Jerry's kids can remind you of negative approach at its fast moments. Closer to me is what Void sounds like. Jerry's Kids is kind of in that same boathouse. And I think, Pat, when you say it, like that pushing, 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 it's it's right there. But it doesn't get into that world that like Siege or Deep Wound hit, where it's like, oh, this is proto-power violence, you know? That's true. Um, You know, I wanted to bring something up. There's a song called Vietnam Syndrome. Mm -hmm. What about Vietnam references to a modern audience this this just for for example this record comes out in 83 which is only 10 years after the US you know exits vietnam I, we're all in a similar age range and i haven't thought about it till i was thinking about it today vietnam is a reference point to anyone under the age of 30 and really i maybe it's 35 but anyone under the age of 30 is so hard to kind of conceptually like explain how much Vietnam and Vietnam conversation was still present even when we were children. Like even in the 80s, that was a conversation that was happening. Correct? Let's yeah. be realistic. Yeah. But also, people that go to hardcore shows these days, their grandparents fought in right. Vietnam. That's correct. Yep. That's right. So that's right. Not even their po- their moms and dads and like their grandparents. Yep. And yep. Th- they probably have very little exposure to, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a stereotype, the, the, the trope of the homeless Vietnam vet, which was right. s- still very much present yes. uh, in, in, while we were growing up. Now, I mean, they were movies, like some of the, like one on the fourth Rambo yeah, on the fourth of July, even Forrest Gump. Sure. Rambo. Yeah. That's Rambo. Right. That's yep. right. Rambo was literally like a, a, a Someone come a vet coming back who had PTSD. They weren't giving him the care that he like. Yep, Rambo comes out. Rambo movie. comes out in 82, 82, 82, and yeah. then uh, Born on the Fourth is not till eighty nine. Yep. All right. So for for the conversation, Vietnam was you know obviously you look up the history of it, but the reverberation of it culturally for years and years and years in media in portrayals was ever present and now i look at it and go wow this is one of those reference points that could really take someone out and they'd be like what the hell does this mean i don't i, I don't even understand L- listen, what you're going for I, you're going to fall into ranting patrick in a second so <laughs> so cuz all i have to say is the fact that there's no hardcore records that address 
the war in Afghanistan, <laughs> that it, we are, it p- speaks to the fact that we have been perfectly, we are the, uh, uh, the frogs that have been boiled. Y- mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, we've all gotten used to, uh, the climate of war and we, we don't even feel the need to comment on it anymore. So, so I, I, take me off of this one. I'm muting myself. Ten years back from Vietnam, he gave his mind to Uncle Sam. He thought he had control of his life, but he went demented and grabbed a knife. Look out. Lodged deep inside his head, visions of war, visions of the dead. Lodged deep inside his head, blah, blah, blah. His pencil becomes a bayonet. We tried to help, but the fire set. Now he's after you, and he's after me. We're not American. We're VC. Um, this is, yeah, this is the commentary on the people who came back. Um and how damaged they were. It's uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. So um, I don't have too much else on this. I think it's a fantastic top flight record. Um, if Underappreciated. If, underappreciated. If not for Poison Idea, this record would be in the running for top slot of like the rockin' hardcore kind of thing. Where it's like, yo, this is not like, please don't get it confused. This isn't trying to be like uh, tongue swagging, like heavy licks, but these dudes can riff and you can hear it in the way the songs are constructed. Um, it's just a, it's a really fantastic record. And then they became straw dogs. That's true. Then and then they went for the rock and licks. They, this they is like, yeah, this is a, I think this is a great h- hardcore record that I would go as far to say a lot of people have, have not paid attention to. Even people that are like older. Oh hell yeah! This doesn't come up when you meant like when you think of '80s hardcore. Like, is this one of the first? You know, like all right. So Bob, take your friends and like your like OGs yep. out of the equation. Sure, sure, sure. Like, ge- like hardcore generalist. No, I don't. Even like, even people who've been into it for twenty years, thirty years, and people who unless you you went and really got in in on it, and like, should this be in the first five? No. Uh, 80s hardcore records you mentioned. No, no, no. First 10, maybe not. First 15, we're getting there. Uh, it's yeah, a really it should good be one. one of the 20. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, I wouldn't say it is. I don't think it gets the conversation it deserves, no. I, I don't think it gets the conversation it deserves um, when we talk about just simply Boston hardcore, you know, because what you said to open this up, Tom, is not wrong. And I think we've had that conversation a little bit about 80s hardcore in, in Boston hardcore specifically, it was like, well, there's SSD, DYS, then choked us, slap shot, and we're good. And if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, I heard slap shot so much earlier than any of this other stuff. Hundred percent. It was so much easier to get to the SSD discography compilation thing yep. was a mess. It was all the tracks were out of order. If you talk to anyone about that. Um, it was a CD on Tang. It was essentially the thing where it's like, I'm going to reorder these songs in whatever order I like, and it's going to have songs from the first two and then the third, and they're going to be mixed up, and the track listing's all different. Yo, it, it's almost PTSD-inducing. Like I was like, oh, it was, you'd just be kind of going back and forth between, this song's awesome, this is terrible, this is awful, this is great, this is great, oh, here's a bad song again. So, um but but there was there the if the record has X claim on it and it's from the early eighties, it's good. Listen to it. And this one is not just good, it's great. 
And also, I, I misspoke before we get uh, mm, mm. An, an angry email. Yes. The FUs became straw dogs. Uh, yes. Straw dogs, Jerry's kids went on kid. to do the record Kill, 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 which some people truly love. Um, and I th- I'm trying to remember what these dudes went on to. Maybe nothing, but. Are they still around? I feel like they're I one mean, of those bands that still like play every once in a while. Honestly, I think so. I think that it's uh, the singer. Uh, yeah, I think they still play. Also, let's be realistic. This is the name of a band that could not float in 2022. Oh, yeah. Who do people knows. realize what Jerry's Kids even right. are? T- Tom, nobody gets a reference. We could yeah. call it Jerry's Kids because nobody gets a reference. Yes. True, fair. So, uh, yeah. Is that Jerry Lee Lewis? Are we on some topical RIP show? No, it's right Jerry now? Lewis because he would do Jerry like Lewis. the Memorial Day weekend or Labor Day weekend. Yeah, uh, the benefit thing. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis is the guy that like married his thirteen year old cousin. Yeah, yes. you know what? It's a different just, Jerry Lee and just he, died. I think yeah. he just died, and it's That's so right. funny that he is a, a musical pioneer, not just for rock but for pop music. Right, and, great balls of fire. And, and when people say his name, they only know that he married his cousin. <laughs> and also, what's because this is what the media is in twenty twenty two. I read articles like Jerry Lee Lewis is not dead. Yes. Jerry Lee Lewis is not dead. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. he's dead now. Yeah, no, he's dead. Yeah. Like it was literally like a day of like, no, nah, he's still alive. I don't know where that came from. And then like, literally the next day he was dead. And so people are aware Jerry Lee Lewis and Jerry Lewis are different things. Yes. So, oh, yes. my God. Yes. Know. Very different. One's a so. comedian, a terrible comedian, if we're being honest. Yeah. yeah not funny. Um, no. But he, uh, he used to do a, a telethon. Yes. I think it was Memorial Day weekend that would raise money for kids that were – differently abled yes and he was a comedian like, like in 19 and the like kids were called like jerry's kid yes that's right he was a comedian like in the 40s and 50s so like clearly his humor didn't didn't age so we're, we're good he was he was oh look at this his father was a master of ceremonies and vaudevillian Nuff yeah. said. Yeah, he's yeah. a vaudevillian. Yeah, there this you go. This dude's ancient. All right. I mean, no, no, nothing ages well, which we can uh, at some juncture talk about because I watched, uh, I watched like four hours of festival shit the other day from recent festivals and mm. a lot of reunion acts and nothing. We have to accept that nothing ages well and just work within that that milieu. You know what I mean? Like we got to accept that. That's just part of life. Yeah, and Pat's been sending us the, the links to be like, watch this. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. It's 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 endearing. I appreciate it, uh, guys. Let's do something else. Yes, that I am a fan of. Big Boys Lullabies help the brain grow. Released on Moments Records, uh, essentially uh, self release uh, in 1983. We're stuck in 1983 wow. on the side of the bracket. Um, Big Boys, Austin, Texas. If if you guys had to elevate elevator pitch, explain me the big boys. Do you like anything th- that Mike Watt played in? Uh-huh. Yeah, you might like this. It's just like punk, but it's like weird. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. It's also, uh, in my view, entirely too willing to take on influences that are un. Necessary. Some of those funk songs are funk real songs are questionable. If we want to talk about how the Bad Brains reggae songs can break up a fucking moment, then, then we got to be honest about these funk songs. No, they're, they're, we, we, but well, this is the uh, the so uh, Merv, uh, Big Boy's uh, hardcore punk band from Austin, Texas, who starts early, early. Frat Cars comes out, I think. 
79. Um, very different sounding record to this, but uh, but you could hear the through lines. Um, and when does Frat Cars? Frat Cars is 80, 80. But, Jesus. Um, I mean, they recorded that probably in 70. Well, yes. I mean, it's, it's super. My uh, first introduction to them. Yes, please. Was reading how. I I first heard about them because I knew the Bad Brains were dicks to them. Yes, yes. that's how that I would I guarantee say most how people. most of our most of our listeners were exposed to Big Boys. Now I don't know. It was a Justice singer that was that was gay. Uh, I think uh, there's two. I think there's two, two fellas. Two fellas. But, two and fellas. the Bad Brains were very homophobic at the time. Yep. Yes, and like mistreated them and were shitty to them yep. when the, they played the, together. The story that I think has actually been documented in books or zines or other places is that uh the big boys like like many people who heard the bad brains were like holy shit this is amazing gotta hear it gotta see them when they came through austin i think at least one of them were was involved in booking the bad brains putting together a show they played together or they were supposed to what have you but they they ended up staying with the big boys and uh leaving a not so kind mess homophobic message to them um when the big boys uh woke up and the bad rains had left um that you know like is one of these things that just to to note it is is kind of a giant black mark on the bad brains to a lot of people was the way they treated the big boys um, and right. it's it's a reason i i have several friends who don't like the bad brains for a lot of reasons but but use this as a citation, like, oh, cool, those that homophobic band, cool. What? You know? what? It's been forty years. What? I mean, they have songs years. that are homophobic. What are we talking about here. Well, the Blow No Bubbles yep. song comes out years and years after this incident. <laughs> it's like five years later, they write a, a very openly homophobic song that's been redacted, from what I understand. I believe the song on it's an instrumental now. is now an instrumental. That's right. Interesting. Because wow, interesting. As the three of us, full adults, can acknowledge, sometimes people make mistakes in life, and sometimes they have an opportunity to say, hey, yeah, that happened, and uh, we're not proud of it, and we're going to change it, and that's cool, and you can respect that or not respect it, or say, fuck them forever, or go, hey, sometimes people are dumb and do dumb things, and then learn that they can do better. Move forward. So, shout out on that. Um but shout out to the big boys because I would elevate or pitch them as going, all right, uh, Austin, punk hardcore band, early 80s. Their version of punk hardcore is different than any that you've heard, even though you will hear plenty of elements in it, their sound from other places. Uh, they decided to take this sound and go, well, that's neat that they're doing that. We're going to do something different. And it's certifiably not for everybody. I mean, there's not, there's, there's no way you could like every song on this record. <laughs> it's just, I refuse to believe it. So that's, that's a great, I think that you can have a really fun academic listen to this record. Absolutely. Is it more interesting than it is good? Tough question. I think it is both interesting and good, but I also don't disagree. I think if you're to say I love every song on this record, I think you love the existence of it more yes, than you, you love like, the idea. You nailed right, it. Right, right, so right. If you want the best of this record, 
uh, the song "We're Not in It to Lose" into the song "Sound on Sound." These are so weird. These are perfect songs, though. I love those two songs. The average Mosh Madness listener is going, "But where's the hardcore?" Yo, if you're here for the hardcore, uh, go listen to the song "Assault." Yep, which is a borderline perfect hardcore song. What I found so interesting, and Tom, I think you'll appreciate this on this record. This is a band who has fast as part of their sound, but it's not their sound wholly. Like they just made the choice, like, yeah, sometimes we have fast songs and sometimes we have funk songs. And maybe, as Patrick pointed out, they're most interesting when they're just leaning in and doing these weird, oddball songs. We're not in to lose, and Sound on Sound are very weird songs, and I love them. Great song. We're not in it to lose. I mean, that can be a fucking... You want to get pumped up? You want to get your hockey team in motion? Mm -hmm. There you go. And Sound on Sound is a simple college rock song that is also moving. It's a very pretty song. It's rudimentary, and it is right in that. If they had pursued that sound, they they could have been, you know, played on your local college rock station next to REM. You know no what question. I mean? It, and we're it, doing uh, it earlier than many bands. Yes, uh, fascinating band. I would be unable to say great because there's not enough great material. But I, I think there's songs throughout. They're just I could actually pull 15 great songs from the discography. Interesting. Easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the song Frat Cars in this weird way is so cool. Like, if you haven't heard the song Frat Cars, it's in this like 19. Oh, man, we should make a 1980 and before hardcore punk playlist kind of thing where it's like these are songs that are really interesting and fun. Um, It's just weird enough that you can't call it power pop. But it's got these really off-kilter backing vocals. Frat cars, frat cars. But they, the, the lead vocalist is so strong that that becomes kind of just odd, tuneful background to it. Um, I, I don't know. I think they have great songs. I really enjoy this record. It's eclectic, but I would be lying if I said that I think the average minor threat fan would be all in on this as opposed to I could see the average Sonic youth fan being more all in on this than like your 80s hardcore diehard. Mm. Tom, we need your feelings on this record. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I, it, it was a band that was never really totally on my radar. Yep. I only knew about them because of stories and shit. And like, like everything, like, I think the one thing with streaming, it kind of goes, I should just check that out. Yeah. Nobody that I grew up with no. ever listened to the big, the big boys. No. Hmm. So it was hard to sort of, you know, also, you know what? Coming from New York, we, we there's such a blind spot for so much shit. Sure. Sure. Because there's so much that you can only – you could like you spend the first five years of your time in hardcore and be like, 
let me listen to like there's so much just, stuff just, just in New York. And and like yo, yes, 100%. And by the way, as we've continued to do this embarking mission listening to all these records, listening to them, I have to tell you, I appreciate the energy of re-listening to records so much more than listening to it once and then moving on to the next thing. Like, you know, if you listen to a record you love, fucking like wear that thing out. Like you're gonna get so much more out of it than I listened to this once. Now next thing. I listen to this once and now next thing. And I'm scared. I occasionally come to a point where I think there's people who listen to music like that and it terrifies me because I don't think you absorb things like that. Tom, like how many times have you listened to Sick of It All, Blood, Sweat, No Tears? I mean, it's got to be thousands. Right, right. Over the course it's, of my life. And, and, and this is kind of a modern person problem because we were actually limited in scope because you had to buy media or borrow media. Bah, bah, bah. It was so much more finite. You know, I actually right. think there would be like um, consumer confusion. I don't mean to sound capitalist about this, but but I mean in the way that like you log on to Spotify, you go on YouTube, you have the world at your fingertips to listen to. Where do I start? Where do I go? You know, when I was at the record store, it was this or that, and I heard of that. Let me get that, and I would listen to it. Even if I thought it was shit, I listened to it five times. You know, right? I mean, how many times like have we had? tapes or cds that were mislabeled <laughs> so for like your whole life you're like oh that song is or like i had a tape uh i think we talked about this once before so like so my introduction to like the fu's and all that stuff mm-hmm. some a buddy of mine gave me tape of like this is boston not la and yep. then a bunch of the other boston stuff mm-hmm. so that's the only like familiarity i had with it so like you know, you'd get tapes and stuff like i had a tape a, uh a, a gb tape from justin yeah. That literally cut off in the middle of um, I'll just try my ba- – and then it just stopped. So for like the uh, orig- like initial part of my life, I thought that's how the song ended. Yeah. <laughs> Until I got like my own copy. I'm like, oh, that's like – there's another 30 seconds to this fucking song. Yo. But like I think there's like – there's no – like here it's like it, you miss out on having that like, oh, I had I thought that song was X for fucking five years. But it's actually – my idiot friend wrote, wrote him backwards or missed, you know, or missed the word or whatever. You know what oh, I mean? Like, I, yo, I mean, you're so right on with this whole thing because like, how did, how did I get introduced to infest? Well, a friend of mine gave me a tape that had, I don't know, all of the infest records on it. And I can barely tell you what's on what, you know, it's like, well, I know this is slave because I kind of had to figure it out, but it was like a decade in where I had to figure that out. Cause I just knew it from listening to it and skateboarding. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, I listen. This is Infest. I know what all these songs are. What records on? I have no idea. I don't know. I, I can't tell you which record is which. It doesn't. Right. You know. The discography f- f- before discographies existed. That's right. It was just and tape. we're like track one to seven is this, and track seven. You know, like we all have had that experience. Where you're like, I don't know which when one record ends and the other one begins, or you know, Patrick. Um, you're it, yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, because while we're on this branch, Patrick, you're an odd listener because you were librarying. And the way you catalog music and listen to things is kind of interesting to me. What would you have done as a 16-year-old version of yourself if you could just hear everything? Oh, oh I don't know. I, as we've discussed, it's diff- this difficult to talk about this subject without sounding 
very 1,000 years old. Yep. Because, We're talking about tapes, Pat. Yeah, I know, but when it becomes judgmental, which is right, what, which is where we're staying away from. We're saying like it almost puts you in a weird spot to have a limitless bucket. Yes, to go through, it does. Yeah, know? it does. And I, I mean, for years I heard people when streaming first appeared, I heard people say this is going to uh, kind of uh, uh, take the value out of uh, music and, and it's going to make And I never kind of believed it. Cause I always said, what the fuck? It's, it, it's an incredible thing. To be able mm-hmm. to know things, it's incredible. The internet is incredible in this respect that I have access to, like basically the all of humanity's efforts, which <clears throat> is true and untrue in the respect that you know there's movies that I try to buy on streaming that are you, like for what reason could I not purchase a movie on streaming? That's bizarre, <sighs> right? right? But there's but there's some movies that just you know, and I'd have to check. Uh, when do you have Spotify open? Uh, sure. Yeah. Would you look up Four Walls Falling, please? Mm-hmm. And tell me what is available. I might okay, be wrong. I've got it up right now. Um, the Culture Shock record is available. Okay, so I listened to the... Uh, the fuck is the... There's an EP. It's yeah, there's 7-inch before it and a 7-inch after, I believe. Yeah. So one of them is fucking great, and I was listening to it on one of those YouTubes that... You, that, you have to have... It's probably the later one for you. Yeah, yeah almost certainly. It, well, it sounds... Honestly, it sounds like white bad brains. So, I don't, whatever the fuck, where, whatever period of their fucking career they were in when they yeah, were yeah, burn that was what burn it is what you're thinking of. I think so. So that uh, food for worms. Uh, I think it's food for worms. That's what, the LP. What? Yeah, that's that could be it. Food for worms is the LP that came out in '94. No, no, no. It's got money. Hold on, sorry. That's burn it. It's burn it with yeah. Okay. Down to so, nothing actually cover that song. So, listen, that shit is fucking great, and it's crazy that it's not available. Like you'd have to go digging. It you could find it. It exists, right? It exists in the in the digital world somewhere. But I don't know. I get frustrated with this idea that oh, I have everything. Wait a second. Unless I have deep eclectic tastes that like aren't uh, you know if I unless I want to go too far off. The, I I worry that we have created a uh, an, a new version of a uh, kind of a corporate or of a, of a 50 style monoculture. I, I, I mm-hmm. worry that we're, we've arrived there uh, secretly, you know, where uh, yes, I have access to everything except you don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Except you don't. So uh, whatever, it, what would I have done? I don't know. I probably would have been an even more obnoxious person. That's probably true. Tom, back to this. You were, we got out on this branch. That was a fun branch by saying that big boys was a blind spot for you. Uh, and you had only heard of it through stories and legends and in, in such. Yeah, and checking out the record, but never stuck to me. This this was better than I was expecting. Um, I think this, if you like, if you're, uh, if you celebrate the entire SST catalog, yes, I feel like you'd find something here that you would like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those, like, because it was punk, but it was just like, I know I bring up, like Minutemen a lot. No, it's it's a great reference. It's but hard. I feel like it's like that. That was like a punk band. But like if you listen to, it, you're like what? Yeah. No, I. Like, this isn't Black Flag. This, this isn't is, fucking. This is same thing with this. This is such a weird placement. I will tell you this. I think um, that's this is the band that I said their version of punk or hardcore, whatever you want to call it, is almost solely their own. Um, you could you could say it's a mangled twist of the Minutemen and Dead Kennedys. Sure. 
I think it really, if you want to broadly label it, you say it's somewhere between the alternative tentacles catalog and SST catalogs because there's elements of those things, but it's really not just either. And, and you know, how much funk can you take in your punk? I don't hate it on some of this. Like, what's the, yeah. what's the, I think the song Jump the Fence. I don't mind. I don't mind some of the funk. Sometimes I'm off. Later, ba- Big Boys Records uh, lose me a bit. Um, but this one kind of has this. I think we sort of selected this one because I think it gives you the best holistic view of the big boys. Um, the uh, fun, fun, fun 12 inch. If you're just looking for a little more straightforward hardcore, I think I'd go there. Um, but that eh, we got soul and fun, fun, fun are certainly not just straightforward hardcore songs. So anyways, um, assault's a perfect hardcore song. And there's some other songs on here that I would just label as perfect. Mm. let's vote let's vote here but as we said hey keep an eye on social media we're going to be voting for the last set of records we did and these all at the end of this week so you got a week to listen to these records to do it to it tom where do you go jerry's kids is this my world or big boys lullabies help the brain grow i am going jerry's kids is this my world excellent patrick where do you go i'll go big boys both both are uh, in my view, <clears throat> too much of what they are, mm. uh, and I would uh, cut them to EP length. Uh, but I think that the standout tracks on the Big Boys record uh, just appeal to me more. This is a really tough one for me. I, I do truly love both these records. I found Lullabies to be a record that really stood out and kind of felt refreshing. I feel that more now. Um, and I think it's it's unique and kind of has a weird placement. And I think that the average axe to grind listener, regardless of age, will at least be able to appreciate some of the high points on it as much as anything else we listen to here. Um, if you're looking to rage, you gotta go. Is this my world? If you're just looking for something to, to listen to and chew on with your ears, let's go big boys. But our votes don't count. It's yours. So that said... You guys ready to do some some uh, Murphy's Law? Oh yes, yes. Although I, my <clears throat> this might get dark. Um, let's, well, let's let me go. let me let me do the yeah. Let me do the uh, the tail of the tape here. Murphy's Law back with a bang, bong back with a bang. Uh, oh, Murphy's oh, Law man. back with a bong up against corrosion of conformity animosity. I think we're going to start with Murphy's Law. Uh, okay. This is their second album. Comes out 1989 on Profile. Uh, start us off, guys. What do we? What What is there to say about this record? As underrated of band and a record as any hardcore band or record has ever been. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yep. This should be when you name like the best New York hardcore ba- records ever or bands ever. Mm-hmm. This should be one of them. No doubt. This is and template, we, and quite often. I think this gets overlooked. Like when you go like victim in pain, age of quarrel, blood sweat, no tear, like all that sort of stuff. It should also be like back with a bong because this record is that great. I think, um, I think it being funny Mm. and being Mm. like, kind of like a little bit more madcap. Yes. Hurts it. Sure. But I think like, this is as good 
you know, as it belongs in a conversation with any New York hardcore record ever. I think that's absolutely true. To me, to me, New York hardcore is Age of Quarrel and then Victim in Pain. And then there's a step down mm-hmm, um, to a big group of records. Uh, whether it's Brightside, uh, if you want to throw, you know, um, Leeway for sure, uh, Warzone, right, no tears, yeah, set yeah. It off. Murphy's yeah, Law is yeah. right in that mix. Um, yes. This record is a very, very good record. However, this record has a couple drops. I think there's a couple there's a couple songs that I don't think hit as big as I remember, though the highs are so high and the irreverence is nice. And I wonder if it's you kind of said it that it hurts it. You're not wrong. That kind of like jokey, lighthearted energy. Yo, th- this was that. I think that was part of the appreciation and love for this band was that it kind of this took the edge off. You know what I mean? It just kind of <laughs> literally, yeah. Like like it was this kind of like lighter thing, despite the fact that like you know I've been to some pretty ra- rowdy Murphy's Law shows. Like oh yeah, but this was the band that like everyone was moshing for. Like. Uh, straight edge or skinhead often both at the same time like it didn't matter everybody was going nuts for this band um so uh yeah i think it's a great record the highs are as good as new york hardcore gets i think there's a couple lows that pull it down but it's few and far between it's like the song yahoo it's the song it's ska song to be real um Yahoo sounds like it should be. It was like a, it, it was taken from. It's like uh, skits. Group sex. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a circle jerks thing. Yeah. Yeah. Remember um, what's the, the song in the circle? Like, come on down to two one three. But like, right? That yeah. It's almost. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I wonder if it's almost. Oh For to be the second song on the or the third song on the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what do we do? You go panty raid. It's an intro into, into panty raid into Yahoo. Yeah. Um. Into Attack of the Killer Beers. Like, are you yeah, kidding? I know. And Cavity Creeps is so good. Um. Quest for Herb is top 10 New York hardcore song. Yes. This is the animal animal house of hardcore records. And I mean, I don't know if people will get that reference who are under a certain age. No. But that's kind of the point because I think that's part of, I think I yeah right. It's yeah, it's the super bad. It's the wedding crashers. It's the like project X of right. It's, it's like, but I do wonder if it's irreverence and some of the references. I was like, Oh man, like, like this has become a conversation a little bit is this idea like the song panty raid. Yo, everybody understands this is that's science fiction. Like I think Jimmy and the boys are all fun and funny, but if you actually told me they like had ever been to a sorority or something, I'd be pretty shocked. I'd be pretty shocked. Um, but it's fun. It's so, so goddamn moshable and it's got tasteful saxophone. How can you not appreciate it? understanding like guys there's a there's a tongue firmly planted in cheek slash yo man i'm just up here doing you know uh, my best john candy doing my best uh steve martin you know what i mean like this is just being irreverent being funny the song cavity creeps like you you, secret agent skin like come on i I put (laughs) i put this record on when i was in los angeles and you just hear eric from a room away perfectly toned attention attention it is now time for the the picking up Uh, up. uh 
listen, I love this record. This was uh, the uh, Another Planet. Uh, the combo. Yeah, this combo. is the first record. Yeah, which, which are honestly maybe makes it like that combo. Murphy's Law self-titled and back with a bong. I said I have a hierarchy, right? Like Victim in Pain and, and Age of Coral are up there. But if you said, Bob, Murphy's Law, those first two records or the first two Chromags records, I'd have to think about it. If you said, right. Bob, the first two Leeway records or the first two Murphy's Law records, I'd have to think about it. I'd go Murphy's Law. Warzone, first two records, which had a conversation about Open Your Eyes the other day. Fun. Um, or Murphy's Law. I might go Murphy's Law. Like to do two LPs back to back that are that good. Ain't nothing. Man, those were fucking game changers. Formative. I, I mean, those game changers on a, on a national level. Game changers on a national level. It had to have been. Huge distribution everywhere, and a generation of people were exposed to New York hardcore because of it. So, do you want to talk about? It? Like, do you want to explain them to folks that? Don't yeah, know let's do the explainer. Go for it. So yeah, so the, all these records came out, you know, singular, singularly in the eighties, and then like ninety four, ninety five, this yep. label called Another Planet started putting out like these like two two like two records on one CD or one cassette. It was yep. a really strange thing because it made no effort to be a discography. It literally just took two, two records to put them together. Yeah, yeah. And didn't and, and, didn't really do like just kind of and just treat it like hey. The CD just the says covers were all the same. Yep. Yeah. The, 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 they had a very um, stock uniform. look, uniform. Yeah. Thank you. And it just said the band name in kind of a typewriter font and live shot the on the front. And then on the back, you got both album covers and the track listing. To my knowledge, there was very little done to the original sound of the records. Yeah, Maybe I don't they, think they did. Maybe there was like a, a, a mastering for digital or mastering for CD or some silliness, Maybe. but otherwise it was like but these records are on CD. Many, I think many. I don't know if all like I don't know if the first Murphy's Law came out on CD. I mean, from the time, maybe, yeah. Maybe, but you I mean, know I what think, I mean? But you're not wrong. Like, I don't know if, if – like, there was an original Press of Age of Quarrel on CD, but it's, like, hard to fuck – really sure, hard sure, to find. Sure. But you're, you're right. You're right. So they reissued them, like Tom said, mid-'90s. There was only a handful. There was – so there was – we've discussed it. Chromags, Warzone, Murphy's Law, Leeway. Leeway. The Mob. The Mob. And uh, there was a – uh, American uh, Standard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which American is strange. Standard. And that compilation, yeah. And then there's the a Sunday matinee at some point. But yeah, we 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 have a long time ago, uh, and I wish I liked Wonderland as much as I remember liking it. It is still good. It's very yes. melodic. It's an interesting book, record. Um, but they came out, and they were easy to get. They were at most record stores, big name record stores. You know, like the chains at that point. And it made an impact that people could hear it and just easy access. And I think young people because they were on CD. And for a lot of people, maybe the first time hearing any of these bands. Um, damn. Damn. Shout out. Shout out Another Planet. You guys doing the Lord's work out there. Back to Murphy's Law. Um, it is a crime if you like locking out records, but do not like this record. Fact. Conversely, if you like this record and have not given any fair ear to some of the the classics of the Locking Out catalog, I'll give them a, a look because I know for a fact this was uh, you know an important band, important record to a lot of that sound. Um, but it's just it's bouncy New York hardcore with just easy to listen to, catchy choruses, catchy vocal patterns like. 
The only thing is, if you are so self-serious that you can't vibe on this, hey, God bless you, but it's a fun record, and it's a fun listen. Is Jimmy the best vocalist in New York hardcore history? Him and Jimmy Williams? From uh, Mass Family? Qualitatively, I would disagree, but on a... uh, like, is he just the best of them as a person? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, no, because it's Tinger. I would, I would argue for Roger. I would argue for, certainly argue for um, Eddie. Sure, anyway, Eddie. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, I, I, I'm going to give John Joseph credit that I think his vocals on Age of Coral are fantastic. And it depends on what kind of band we want to say the Bad Brains were. Or what? Yeah, if they, if you count them as New York, if yeah. DC. If they're a DC band, they were the best DC vocals, and if they were a New, New York, York. Band, New York fan vocals. Yeah. Um, can I can I bring the mood down? Bring it down. Uh, so the gentleman that played bass on this record, mm. uh, uh, Chuck Valley, Chuck. Yep. right? Yep. Uh, was murdered at 29 years old, yep. and uh, I'm reading i'm getting emotional because it's just such a terrible place to find this i mean i get this is a nice resource for people i guess i'm on the pomc.org page are you familiar with what that is not at all parents of murdered children oh jesus that's terrible so it's you know it's resources and things like that but it's also it 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 gives i guess uh, you know i'm not terribly familiar parents a chance to eulogize their children (sighs) and i'm just gonna read his shit uh Chuck Valley of <coughs> Jackson Valley. Heights, New York, was a young man with a great deal of potential, still untapped. At 29 years old, I think that's very much true. Uh, he was a musician, and his mu- and music was his first love. He graduated from Brooklyn Technical High School and then attended the Institute of Audio Research. This is the part that it, I found very affecting. He was a kind, gentle, laid-back person who would never harm nor hassle anyone. His smile and quiet dignity will always be missed. It's a very touching little sentence, two sentences there. Uh, you know, rest in peace to this fella. Uh, this is history that I had almost completely forgotten about. It's yeah. part of like Murphy's Law lore, but I really, I, I completely forgot until revisiting the credits on this record. There was a big benefit show for him, but um, yeah. Legendary. Yeah. But it's, it's um, yeah, that's a sad story. Uh, record rips though, record rips. Um, yo, do, do, let's let's bring it back in. America rules the song. I feel like it would need an explainer in 2022, but it didn't need an explainer when I first heard it. Was it because no, I was used to this and used to like this, like the comedic value, the like. Maybe they're being a little bit serious, but also like you understand that it's not fully serious and there's like kind of poking the bear elements here. Like could a band get away writing the song and coming out with it in 2022? Uh, not without being pretty marginalized in the scene. Um, th- I mean, but there's also a big, there's a song on that big boys record that. <laughs> yes, like that's happen. right. That's right. Isn't, isn't about to fly in 2022. Um, that's right. You know, listen, we've talked about kind of the, uh, in, this is going to, this is Patrick's judgment. We're going to talk about some of the, uh, benign jingoism of 80s hardcore. Uh, it's up to you if you think it's benign. And I would also urge you to make your own definition of jingoism. But 
it is, uh, there was some of it, and some of it's tongue-in-cheek, and some of it's sincere, and a lot of it is coming from fucking 18-year-olds. So, you know. Some xenophobia. Yeah, oh, sure. sure. I mean, think about all the movies back then, and think of, you know. It's hard, it's hard, because none of us want to say, things were different, because it's not, like, it feels very gauche to say. But um, I want to say this, like, you ever watch a, a movie or TV show where it's like, I'm rooting for a guy who just like killed four people on screen. Huh? Like maybe I'm rooting for the bad guy. That's not what this is. It's understanding the difference in conversation and being able to understand like, Hey, you know what? You don't have to agree with everything and you can acknowledge that things can change and and people can change and opinions can change and that a song can rock. Um, And people change. Think about in the eighties, Daniel LaRusso, was the hero. That's right. <laughs> if you watch Cobra Kai, that dude's a dick. He's yeah. a dick. dick. And Johnny is actually the the, the everyman hero. That's mm. right. So, I mean, things change. I think, yeah, but also it was like if Murphy's Law singing America Rules was pretty benign. Yes. Yeah, like, I don't think like, like the horn section is literally fishbone on this record. Yes, it is. That's right. So they're not like very, you know, they're not racist fucking like America over everything. Like they're not. So there's some benign pieces to it. I don't like Would would anyone be able to do that right now? Definitely not. No, I mean, put it this way. I've seen fucking no warning cover panty rate. Oh yes. Yes. No one would cover that in 2022. No, yo, we we've overlooked a huge, hugely important part of this record, which is the cover, which is such a tone center. It's bright. It's colorful. Yeah, there's an American flag. There's also illustrations from essentially every single weird element of this record, whether it's, you know, uh, Panty Cavity Raid, creep. Cavity Creeps, Secret Agent Skin. Yo, this record fucking rips, and it's so funny, and it's there's a self-awareness that they're being goofy and irreverent and also almost defiantly so. Yes. Um so shout out to them. I think there's, you know what? I'm going to say it. This is the New York uh, group sex. I'm not going to say it's as good as group sex. Group sex is a flawless record, but it has this irreverence and silliness and like, yeah, we're, we're not too caught up in worrying about like not doing the fun thing. We're going to do the fun thing. Look at the back cover. It's taken outside of sea beach, the Murphy's law car, like everything about this is fun. Um, this is a fun record. If you don't like fun, you probably won't like this record. Uh, you like fun, give it a chance. You'll have fun. <laughs> also, America rules like to. It's like hot dogs, pretty girls. Right. It's, it's, it's it's not like it's not like yeah. more advanced bombing yeah. technology. Reaganomics, yeah, trickle yeah, down economy. Killing. Like it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's fucking yeah. Um, I do also appreciate that. This record is qualified as a ska record, like hardcore comma ska. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. 1.5 songs, but whatever. Yo, the Murphy's Law ska song actually kind of rips, so I don't care. And that song becomes 45% of their set when they play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I have a bad reaction to it, because you're not wrong. It's not a bad song. But I've seen them play it for 40 minutes. And like extended, like Jesus Christ, I saw uh, PTSD, hardcore PTSD. But they headline and they have an an, uh, an infinite amount of time. Yeah, it's probably not 45 minutes, but it's literally over 10. You know what I mean? More than that, yeah. And it's like, I saw them play a Christmas show in North Jersey 
not 20 years ago, but probably like 16 or 17 years ago. And it was a great show. And it was, it wasn't Christmas. It was like uh, December 23rd, like Christmas Eve, Eve, which is a yeah. cool thing, you know? Um, and you know, obviously Jimmy is in the Santa suit. They're doing the whole thing. They, I think they've been doing Christmas shows when they do it. And it was fun. But, yo, they bust in the Skull song. And I was like, like yo, I think I'm not going to get home in time to open my gifts. Yo, I literally think I found somebody who I went with. I was like, yo, should we leave now? Like, this is, we've seen, like, they already played some of the good songs. Should we leave? We didn't. And I'm glad we didn't. But I was not happy to be there during that extended it's, play. It's probably fun as hell if you're, like, passing Fucked the up. joint to, joint No question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but. Yeah, for me, get, get to it. Probably. Like, did you ever think about this that you'd hit a point in life where you're like, "Yo, you know that guy in the pit who's dancing to every single song, and he's definitely like loaded and maybe high too." And now here's the ska song, and he's dripping in sweat, but he's still like skanking so poorly that no one would want a photo of it. And yep. go, man, he's happy. He's having a real nice life. Like that moment is just perfect for him. Yeah, no, no, I that I would not have come to that conclusion at different junctures in my life. Now I'm happy to let that guy have his yeah, moment. Yeah, let him have his moment. Um, guys, you ready to talk about COC animosity? Yes. Uh, yes, let's All do it. All right. Uh, Corrosion Conformity, animosity, released in 1985 on Death Records. Uh, later reissued by Bosch. Yeah, 1985 Fuck. they were doing this. I know. Yeah. Um, they, are they the OG crossover band? Were they the first? DRI might predate them. There's definitely metal leanings on some punk records early, but this is, I think, the first one like quote unquote that really over. made hay. Yeah. Uh, this is the record that yo, um, if you like Power Trip, you have to hear this band. Have to. But I say this and think you might like Power Trip more. Um this, record, this isn't as catchy as Power Trip. No, nowhere near. This nowhere record near. is this record is great. Yes, it's proto. It's it's punk goes metal, and they do a pretty good job at it. And it's a classic record for a reason. By the way, another unbelievably cool record cover. Um, yeah, who did is that? Pusset? No, I don't think it is. But it's they they have a cool artist. I, I don't know who did that. That's a great question. Um, I think I knew that who did this artwork. Okay. Uh, Simon Bob Sinister. Okay. And the no front art, Brian Pusshead Trader. There we go. It is Pusshead. Boom. Interesting Pusshead work. Um oh yeah, you can see it now. All right. So, anyways, um where is it? Oh, so this is this is an early version of crossover of thra- punk, thrash metal, all that stuff. It does really well. It kind of catapults COC into uh, a different space because thrash metal Carolina. Yeah. Thrash metal is happening. And the record before this eye for an eye is awesome. 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 I think we chose this because the atmosphere of what's going on now, there's a lot of like, yo, you like dead heat. You like enforced. You like, yeah. uh, You know, uh, I feel like people say best wishes, but it's uh, as much as something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think, you know, Kulu, Iron Age, all those bands, you can find elements hear of what those bands did yeah and the best songs on here which i think prayer i think i think the first song lost were lost for words it's really good i think the song consumed but the song prayer is my favorite um are awesome my only true complaint about this record which is 
just awesome on a million levels is that I think it drags. I think it's a little long. That's me and Pat. I think that's when I when Pat said the some of these songs are a little too long, that's and right. and they delay the gratification of yes. the actual parts that you want to hear. Like and, and Coc does this, I think, on every one of the records. Actually, like even when they change their sound pretty dramatically, they yep. always have this. Hey, you're gonna have to earn it. We're building up to the part you want to fucking hear, and it's like, yo, yo, come on, my, 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 I'm gonna be dead. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? there's like, a lot of there's a lot of teasing to it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy that this is a three piece. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're an impressive Mike band. Bass is singing. Yeah, they're an impressive band. And um, if for some reason this is a band who's escaped you, this record coming out in '85 sets the tone for a lot of hardcore of the late '80s. I'm not going to say it directly influenced, but I think this record had a big influence. Domestic and international. Um, I think you can find elements of this in the noisier in e- and just harder, hardcore, um, the harder stuff from like Japan. Uh, I think this made an impact in Europe for sure. And I think it's impacted all- AF. What's that? This impacted AF. Oh, no question. Yeah. And then domestically, I think you can see it across the whole crossover thing. Like this might be the crossover record that puts itself in a different space from crossover. It's like, well, yeah, COC is crossover, but they did it so well and so early. It's almost, they sit in a true middle space between stuff like AF, Leeway, uh, even like, and Suicidal is closer to COC than those ones. But but then, then I would say COC can be the bridge to the true like thrash metal titans of slayer uh metallica and they were literally the crossover yeah they were they the the, and i think they they hit heights of popularity both later in the 90s when they kind of changed their sound with blind and deliverance and all that but also i think they did a lot in the thrash metal world uh in terms of touring and stuff in the through the 80s so um just an awesome record i think it it would if this was cut down um I think it's a little long, just the full run play, and then the songs are just dragged just a touch to me. Um, and somebody's hearing us talk about this, all four of all three of us, and going, "You fuckers are trying to say that one of the best records of all time should be cut down." Sorry, <laughs> um, no, record. no, dude. No, this record is twenty six minutes long. That's not long. It feels like it's forty minutes, and that sucks. Prayer is so good. Pray, prayer for power. It's so good. Fuck. Um, Holier is good. Yeah, yeah. This is a really good record. Patrick, yeah. go in a little bit more on this one. Uh, okay. Uh, so if you're not a fan of this band, uh, here's how it goes. Uh, there's people who call this an absolute classic and necessary listening. And that person often doesn't like the later COC records. Mm-hmm. Uh, Completely different band. Yes. Yes. Uh, however, the same people, but the different band. Yeah. However, fans of later COC at least have a grudging admiration for this record, typically. You think they even know this exists? I think so. I think the that Clean My Wounds fan, do you think they go, I'm going to pick up this Eye for an Eye record? I'm going to pick up this Animosity record. Animosity record. What do, you, do you think they. Uh, Tom, here's, here's what I'm basing this on. I'm basing this on uh, uh, the change. This is what I think that uh, streaming has done. 
I think okay. when, you, when you, even though you have access to a band's complete catalog, you often, for whatever reason, do not go exploring the way that you used to. When you found a record that you loved, you would go out to the record store and buy everything by that artist. So I believe that blind listeners have sampled this. You know, I mean, I think that they've probably given it a go. Blind the route. Oh, yeah. Cause I mean, that was like, that was like 91 or 92. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that far afield. Well, I, they make, they, from animosity, there's the record technocracy I really like. I actually, for whatever reasons, kind of imprinted on that record at some point. And on re, revisits, I've liked it less. But Blind does become something really different. And by the time they're at Deliverance, that was like headbangers bullshit. Correct. So, um, if for some reason you don't connect to this, I encourage you to really listen to it with the lens that you listen. You know, like this belongs in the heavyweights of crossover thrash metal. If you like Iron Age, if you like Akulu, I think it's closer to those. But if you like Power Trip, they will tell you COC. Lots of these bands. I think even if you're a fan of Integrity, you should go back and listen to this for sure. Yeah. There's a it's lot. It's a pretty of cold record. Yeah, I think that's true. Very like arm's length. Yep. I, I think it doesn't. You have to find pieces to it, but once you find it, it's it's love. Like I, the there's a couple songs on here that are just great, and it's been a while since I've I've listened. But prayers are a song I will often do as a throw on for like a mix of st- of different stuff. I just think it's a great, really kind of weird but catchy song. Um, but you're not wrong. There's a bit of an arm length uh, energy to animosity. I wonder if we would have found that with Eye for an Eye. I don't think so. I think Eye for an Eye is a little bit more. Uh, pulls you in a little tighter. So, mm. um, with that said, let's let's go to the vote, guys. So we have uh, COC Eye for an Eye or Murphy's Law back with a bong. Uh, respect to you, COC. Uh, one of the coolest logos, and I could probably make a greatest hits that would be over twenty really good songs. But Murphy's Law. It just warms my heart in a way that few bands do. It's Murphy's Law. Tom? <sighs> I mean, I know how important COC is, but Murphy's Law is that much more important to me. So go Murphy's Law. For me, it's Murphy's Law. Uh, I do love this record. Oh, we're getting um, killed on this it's one. It's okay. <laughs> that said, I don't know if we are. No, I, no I, I want people to listen. There, there's going to be some heavy fans. There's going to be people who love the Animosity record. Um, it might be honestly one of the things I said is that this sound that that COC pioneered with animosity is a well that has been very mined and mined very well. Like they've bands have done a lot with the sound and to give to a listener like me, like you, like like Tom, like Patrick, like have like cut to the quick and be like, yo, we're going to pay off on these things. And then also like COC wrote this record without the benefit of, you know, (laughs) and justice for all, or like seeing where Slayer went, seeing where Metallica goes, seeing where all these things go to parallel. Um, And now we have bands who did, who then take the best elements of what COC was doing and do, do different things. And that's not to say like that I always think like, yo, like I don't think anybody's done Black Sabbath sound better than Black Sabbath. You know, I I don't know. Call me crazy. But there's a value in the original, but sometimes things grow and and become better. I, I, 
I might get killed for this, but I like Power Trip more than Corrosion of Conformity. So easily. I'll co-sign that. I don't want to... And I think that's a healthy thing to be able to say. And also to understand, there might be somebody who's who's smashing their their radio right now. That's all right, too. You know, that's okay. <laughs> um, but y'all can, can tell us why we're wrong on our social media. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, blah, 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 all that shit. Um, we're going to do another episode of this really soon. We've got some good shit to talk about, so... Um, what after doing this? This is we don't we haven't done this of these four records. So Jerry's Kids, Big Boys, Coc, Murphy's Law. Which of these are you most likely to listen to again soon? Murphy's Law. Uh, I will isolate the three tracks that I think are superb on the Big Boys record. And probably listen to those more. I you mount I you it. might need now to swing around in their discography because uh, no matter how long the line, which is the first Big Boys record I ever owned, uh, has a couple tracks that are very interesting. Maybe not the heights of this, but have a similar kind of odd feel to like Sound on Sound. Okay, so give it a go. All right, and which of these records are you least likely to put on as a full album? Listen again. Uh, maybe COC just because it feels longer than the others, which is crazy because it's 26 minutes. And I got to say, whenever, whenever I listen to like normal person records, <laughs> like uh non hardcore records, the track at like 35, 40, 45 minutes, I'm always, I'm always crushing them. I'm like, Oh, this thing needs to be 20, 25 minutes. And here I am listening to a COC record. going, mm, feels a little long. Yeah, rock records are like when they're like forty five minutes. You're like, oh, this is short. Yo, yeah, yeah. Th- something terrible happened uh, in the nineties with CDs, where because you could get to like seventy ish minutes, people right. tried people to. They had to. Yeah, uh, we we did um, the the Billy Corgan. Yeah, we did the Smashing Pumpkins Melancholy record oh, and just spent the entire time demolishing God. it. We spent the entire time going, yo, this has like conservatively three records worth of material. It's it's legitimately a two hour record, right? Um, that could have been an all time great single LP. You could you could pull elements, and actually, it was fascinating because I, I learned shit I never knew about it. You know, having bought it the day it came out, nineteen ninety six or whatever it was. The vinyl version actually is the track listing is so wildly different; it makes so much more sense. But you also listen to it, you dumb fucks. You should have done this like this, like. Why didn't you release this as three records? Like, at least two. Like, what are we doing? And there's all this idea of artist concept, and it just gets lost. And it's one of the things that makes me appreciate hardcore that much more because so much of the focus is on, like, you know, let's not overstay the welcome. Let's fucking just get to it and do it. Like, good song, good song. Let's go. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Billy Corgan was trying to big dick it. Yeah. Yeah, Real quick, I'm going to say that I watched a What Happened to Darcy Retzky video the other day. The bassist, yeah. And uh, what was most interesting about that is it took me down a hole where I don't like the Smashing Pumpkins all. I don't give a fuck about the Smashing Pumpkins. But they Billy Corgan being like just an irritating piece of shit is fascinating to me. And uh, he's he's wrestling level bad guy energy. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's wrestling. Yes, correct. And now he's taking it over there. Sure. But yeah, uh, Mr. TNA. Him and Rob Zombie, two guys whose music means nothing less than nothing to me. Uh are fascinating because their ex-bandmates hate them. 
and I think that that's a interesting. You know, who's telling the truth? What is the truth? Is the truth in the middle? Yeah. I don't know. Are you team but, James Eha? Are you team James? Yeah. I mean, James Eha is back in the band, and so is Jimmy Chamberlain. So yeah. it's, only it's only Darcy. Darcy. I know. Shout out Darcy. Yeah. Oh, she's also he's also like recorded over her bass parts. Like right. he's so now now here. But here's what's interesting to me. It, for uh, Mel, uh, uh, what is it? It's mel- melancholy. melancholy and the infinite mel- sadness. <clears throat> yeah. So for melancholy, uh, spelled in, wrong by the way. It, it, yes. In, yes. In interviews, they the other bandmates were saying, "Yeah, this has been such a better experience. This record because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know we got to contribute and got to write." So okay, so that's a terrible record in my view. People can think what they want. And sure. so I went, so I went and we went and visited it in the van to say, mm. oh, what songs did they write? Cause maybe that was the problem with no. this record is, is that Billy let them write, but Billy didn't let, he has credit. James E. Ha wrote two songs, I believe. Closers and for and they style. sound like the, the, one of the songs is straight up a Muppet song. Like it's right. like comical. Yes. So no, so it's still, it's still all Billy. So, so here's my question. Yeah. A literal slog to listen to, like, and and I like the record, and I couldn't believe it listening it's, to it. It's Sandinista level, fucking uh, the the Clash. Yes, yes, yes. Get so, like self-important bullshit. It's yeah, a band no, I came in thinking I would like it, and so uh, everybody should listen to In Search of Tracks. I ended up but, giving it a fifty-eight out of a hundred because I was like, yeah, oh. <laughs> so same path. No, but here's the here's the thing. If if they so okay, so they're not responsible for the bad songs. But it brings up this other question. How much of a controlling dickhead is he that you are feeling better about this record because you had more creative input and he still wrote 28 out of 30 songs? Yo. That's fucking insane. Yo, so, he must be the most overbearing asshole that ever walked. Let me just, I'll sum it up this way. Here's my comments, my notes that I wrote on the last three of the last four songs. Feels like the weird song closer. Hate the chorus. Like the verses enough. Bubble music. Musical equivalent of the first of several endings in Lord of the Rings. Oh, Next fuck. song. Can you explain what the fuck is going on in this track? Next song. Remembered liking this song. No charm to it now. Just wondering when the record will mercifully end. Last song. <laughs> Weirdly vocal vehicle, but with eh vocals. I kind of liked it till it drags on for a beat in the middle. I guess the chorus is fun. Yo. That was a record I believed I liked. So, anyways, the the point of this is, uh, don't 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 write long records, right? Don't do it. Be efficient, folks. And and we're efficiently going to get off this podcast. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.